Funny business, a woman's career. The things you drop on your way up the ladder so you can move faster. You forget you'll need them again when you get back to being a woman. That's one career all females have in common, whether we like it or not, being a woman. And in the last analysis, nothing's any good unless you can look up just before dinner or turn around in bed, and there he is. Without that, you're not a woman. You're something with a French provincial office, or a book full of clippings, but you're not a woman. Margot Channing, Betty Davis, in All About Eve, 1950. She is such a feeling person that her work is almost surely colored by her own sensitivities. But her work is her kingdom, alas, only eight hours per day. As mentioned above, she is a feeling being. She is completely aware of her own longings, to be needed, to be reassured that she is attractive and desirable, to belong intimately, somewhere, to someone. She is all woman. From a 1957 job evaluation of Miss Helen Marie Gurley, a copywriter at Foot, Cone, and Belding. Prologue. Oh, well, he's got that je ne sais quoi, well, I, my dear, am from Arkansas. From an early poem by Helen Gurley. In the early 70s, Helen Gurley Brown began working on a musical about her life, tracing her rise from a mousy girl from Little Rock, Arkansas, to the legendary editor of Cosmopolitan magazine. It was a story she had told countless times before, but this time her writing partner, a Cosmo contributor named Lynn Tornabene, was helping her to turn it into a spectacle worthy of Broadway. They envisioned a play about a lady who knew, all out of the context of her time, the power of sex. Set in Depression-era Arkansas, Los Angeles, and New York, it would unfold in several acts, with razzle-dazzle musical numbers like Going All the Way, One of the Worst Sins a Girl Could Commit, Sex is Power, followed by a series of passion ballets featuring beds on stage and male dancers as Helen's favorite ex-lovers, and Helen, an ode to the patron saint of single girls the editor of Metropolitan Magazine, subbing for Cosmopolitan, and the ultimate authority on such subjects as how to boff in a wig or bag a rich man. Over the course of the play, many different characters would walk on and off the stage, though the most important stage direction of all was the simplest. Enter Helen. But which one? There was the young Helen, Scrawny, flat-chested, and acne-ridden, with crooked teeth and limp brown hair, a timid and pitiful creature. And then there was the grown Helen, a sophisticated, stylish, and sexy woman who had transformed herself from a mouse burger into the most famous editor in the world. A woman who, in one scene, tells her fawning secretary, anybody can be me, you just have to work at it. In a flash of inspiration, the playwrights decided to create a duet for both Helens. Picture the scene. The grown Helen begins singing to herself as she primps in the mirror, putting on false eyelashes and a hair fall. Meanwhile, a soft light illuminates another spot on the stage. Pale and frail looking in her cap and gown on graduation day, young Helen appears, lamenting her blah looks, and wondering aloud in her small, shaky voice what will become of her future self.
They called this song Look at Me, a.k.a. the Mouseburger Blues. Over the years, Lynn spent countless hours interviewing Helen, digging out the backstory that would become the basis of the play. Once, at Helen's Park Avenue apartment, she made supper, Lynn says, a salad with lemon juice and mineral oil. It's also a laxative. She had a little jar of Bacos, and then she made one scrambled egg that we shared and diet jello. Other times, Lynn went into the city to pick Helen up and take her back to her house in Greenwich, Connecticut. After Helen did her morning floor exercises in Lynn's guest room upstairs, thump, 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 they got to work. They talked about single girls and sex and men and affairs and consequences. Helen remembered girls she'd known who had come to her after getting pregnant, girls she had listened to and counseled through abortions and rejections after the men went back to their wives. But mostly, she remembered the girl she had been.